John chapter 11, I, I was uh, going to continue, of course, already in our uh, preaching through the Gospel of John. I just uh, kind of determined that uh, when, when studying for the message and preparing. And then I thought about the story. There's not a greater story in the Gospel of John or what I would call a greater miracle recorded than that of raising Lazarus from the dead. Now this is the only gospel that you'll find, the raising of Lazarus. Uh, some speculate the reason that Matthew, Mark, and Luke did not write this in their, in their gospels, the synoptic gospels is what it's called, is because Lazarus could have been alive during their writing and, and for fear of the Jews, they chose not to put it in their gospel. Some uh, speculate that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke was through the lens of, of the life of Peter. And Peter was nowhere near Christ at this certain time. He was in a different place. And so Peter would not have, uh, would not have had influence on Matthew, Mark, and Luke's uh, writing of that gospel. I'm not really sure why Matthew, Mark, and Luke did not write this miracle. It's a great one. But John dedicates 44 verses to this one story. And I think it's great and it's perfectly fitting for today's message. Look with me in the first couple verses of John chapter one or John chapter eleven, verse one. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he uh, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. And his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in a day, in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our text today. I pray that the word of God will speak into hearts and lives all over the building. And Lord, we thank you for what you did in the earlier service. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was thinking about this story in John 11 and thinking about the life of Lazarus, Lazarus was loved. He was loved by Jesus, of course. It says there in, uh, uh, in, in one of the verses there in verse 3. And then he was loved by Mary and Martha. And Jesus says, uh, the John says it again. He says it in, in verse number uh, 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, which was Mary, and Lazarus. So these were Jesus' friends of Bethany. Jesus had dwelt in that area. Now remember, during this time, Jesus is a wanted man. He's wanted not for good things. He was wanted to be murdered. The Jews wanted to stone Jesus. So Jesus' popularity, of course, was running rampant throughout Judea and throughout Jerusalem and throughout different areas, especially in Bethany. And he's there, and of course, he hears that Lazarus is sick. Lazarus, of course, at this time is very sick. We don't know what sickness Lazarus had, but we know that it's, he's nigh unto death. He's at death's door, if you will. Then a few days later, he dies, and Jesus gets word that he's died, and, and he, he still abode there two days. 
the same place. And then he goes later and of course he raises Lazarus from the dead. I thought about this story as I read these 44 verses and I knew we would be coming upon this and I thought, Lord, what would you have me to preach on this very first Sunday of 2023? And I want to preach to you this morning on this, broken dreams and new beginnings. Broken dreams and new beginnings. And, and let me just take the life of Lazarus and the ministry and life of Jesus and I want to apply some things to these new beginnings this morning, and I want you to listen if you can. We all have our own Lazarus. I thought about our lives, and I put them dreams as a Lazarus, if you will. We That person or that thing in which we have maybe placed our hope in. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a, a job. Or maybe it's a, even a church. Or maybe it's something that we have put our hope in, and it just didn't pan out. And somewhere along the way, most of us have said with Mary and have said with Martha, Lord, if you had just been here, this would not have happened. Many of us can say that. Many of us can say, why did this happen in our life? Lord, if you just would have stepped in, Lord, if you would have just been a few days earlier, this would have not had happened. Many of us can associate that with our dreams and our goals the sickness and the death and the, and the resurrection of Lazarus gives us insight to three stages, I believe, that we find in John chapter 11. And we can learn from these new beginnings. Let me give them to you this morning. Let me just say the first thing is, what should we do at the dusk of life? What should we do at the dusk of life? Dusk is right before the sun goes down. Dusk in the evening as the sun is setting, it gets kind of darker and it's harder to see. And, and this is a time where Lazarus is sick and, and dusk has settled in. And you can see darkness from just a few, uh, maybe a few distances away. It's coming and you can see it coming. And, and here uh, we have a dusk in the life of Mary and Martha. Lazarus has a very bad illness and although darkness and death was approaching they could they could see it off in the distance and even Thomas in verse number 16 he alludes to Christ his own imminent death. He says let us also go that we may die with him. I mean death is come upon these people. They can sense it, they can taste it, they can know about it and and Thomas even senses that death is there. And there's some do's and don'ts. Here's some things that we should do and some things that we should not do in the dusk times of our life. Mary and Martha is a great example. The first thing of the don'ts is don't be in denial. Look at verses 1 and 2. Uh, he says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and, uh, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Twice in this passage, two times, verses 1 and verses 2, we see that it is mentioned that Lazarus is sick. There is no denying that Lazarus was sick. And listen, the one thing that we should not do when the dusk comes is we should not live in denial. Listen. Uh, you can act it, you can fake it, you can try to act like you're okay, but when dusk comes in your life, it's okay not to be okay. 
It's okay to say, you know what, I am hurting. It's okay. I am sick. It's okay. I am. And you know what? We are so good as Christians uh, to mask things and make it look like our marriage is better than it should be or, or, or better than it is. And, and we make it look like our, uh, we're healthier than we should be and we're happier than we... And so we got all these different masks on. And it's okay, church, if we would just sometimes embrace the fact that we're not okay. Things here in verses 1 and 2 are not looking very promising. So don't live in denial. Don't depend upon performance because verse 3 says this, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Listen, the, the next verse, right after Lazarus is sick, they go to the one that can do something about it. Listen, we sometimes try to fix our own problems, don't we? I mean, we try to put something on it. Listen, you cannot put a Band-Aid on a bad marriage. You cannot put a Band-Aid on wayward children. You cannot put a Band-Aid on cancer. You cannot put a Band-Aid on a loss of a job. Guess what? Go to the one that can fix it. So don't deny it. Don't depend upon performance. Don't get impatient. Look at verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. I battle impatience. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that's majoring in patience. I don't want to pray for patience because God will probably answer your prayer and make you be patient, right? I struggle in the area of patience. Many of us struggle in the area of patience. And could you imagine if you had a need and you went to God for that need or you went to Jesus, there's sickness, and you go to Jesus and for two days He just stays where He is? Many of us would be pacing the floor. Many of us would be fretting. Hey, in this day and age, we'd pick up our cell phone and call them and uh, be blowing them up and be saying, hey, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Hey, we become so impatient. Let me remind you that God does not operate on our time. His timing is always perfect. His timing is always planned. And yet when we want things to happen our way, on our time, listen, we've never actually went to Him and said, Lord, it's Your will. You do it in Your time. And yet we sometimes live in denial. Sometimes we depend upon a performance. Sometimes we get impatient. And sometimes we panic. Oh, bad things happen when we panic. Look at verse number 7. Then after that saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. So he wants to go. And his disciples said to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? So you're going into danger. Lord, if you would just stay here. Now think about this, church. Don't miss this. Could Jesus have healed Lazarus or raised him from the dead from where he was? The disciples though they don't really understand what's going on, they think actually when Jesus is referring to sleep, they think He's actually slumbering, that He's actually taking a nap. But yet, Jesus could have healed him from where He was, but Jesus chose to go to Judea again. Look at verse number 8. And His disciples say unto Him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee there, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? 
If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. What Jesus is saying is, hey, there's a certain time that I'm here. There's going to come a time when I'm no longer here, and there's no time for me to work. But while I'm here, I'm safe. Jesus said, nobody can do anything to you and I unless God permits it. No need to panic. Can I say the message for 2023 is no need to panic. They cannot do nothing to you unless God allows it. They cannot do anything to this church unless God allows it. Pastor, are you worried that 2023, what's coming down the pike? Are you worried about that all this stuff that's happening in the world? Hey, listen, look at me. Do you see me shaking? That's an old Daryl Cox thing right there. That's my dad. You see me? Does it look like I'm nervous? Hey, has God ever been, has God ever been nervous about a situation? Has God ever looked down from heaven and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. It seems like things are out of control. There's this virus called COVID and there's this thing called cancer and there's this uh, war and there's this other dictator over here and all these things happen. I just don't know. No, God's never panicked and neither should you and I. Panic. When we panic, let me tell you something. Bad things happen. I was watching college football this weekend. And matter of fact, I went to the, the big uh, wonderful game on Friday and saw, uh, I thought I was going to have to move out of South Carolina after the way some of y'all treated me this morning. But uh, Notre Dame uh, beat South Carolina, but we basically almost gave the game away. Our quarterback had the ball down on the 10-yard line, and we were already up by a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And, and guess what? South Carolina come crashing in, and instead of running the ball and just draining the clock or trying to get in the end zone with the ball, he throws it and an interception. And they run the ball all and tight. Man, my heart, I was in all kinds of different... Listen, he panicked, I panicked. I'm having a cardiac up there. And uh, half of the we're just looking at each other like, what just happened? Well, listen... Bad decisions happen when we panic. You cannot say, Pastor, boy, this good outcome came because I was so panicked. Never. We make mistakes. We mess up. And here the disciples are panicking because Jesus says he's going to Judea and it's going to cost him possibly his life. But Jesus reminds them that, hey, there's only a certain time that I'm here. There's only a certain time that you're here. And they cannot do nothing about it. We shouldn't, should not panic. But here's some do's. So them are the don'ts. Don't panic. Hey, don't deny. Don't depend upon performance. Don't get impatient. But here's some do's. Hey, look at verse number 3. Here's what they did right. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Guess what they did? They called on the Lord. Boy, that's a good thing. They went straight to Jesus. Listen. I love what they said, behold whom thou lovest is sick. You know what they did not say is behold Lazarus who loves you is sick. That's what we sometimes say when someone dies and I have the honor and privilege of performing their funeral or, or, or doing their funeral. I'll usually say, boy, this, this guy right here, he loved Jesus. And that's a great testimony. Or sometimes when someone's sick, we'll pray for them and we'll say, Oh God, bless brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Boy, God, they sure do love you. I wish you'd heal them. They sure do love you. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what they said. Notice in verse 3. Lord, 
Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. It was not based on Lazarus' love for Jesus, but rather Jesus' love for Lazarus. Because there has been times in our lives when our love is not what it should be. But I'm thankful he'll still come to the rescue. Even when our love is not what it should be, it's not based on us. It's not based on how we've loved Him. And by the way, if that was the case, many of us would be in desperation. We would have reason to panic. But thank God it's not based on our love. It's based on His love. And He loves us even when we don't love Him. And here we find in verse number 4, when Jesus heard that, He said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. I see that they're finding a purpose. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. I find that even in sickness, Jesus said this sickness was to, for God to receive maximum glory. What you're about to witness is not just so you can walk away and be healed. It's not that we can sit around and say, wow, amazing. Jesus said this is for and only for the glory of God. Could it be that that dark time or that dusk time that you're in right now, could it be for God's glory? The very thing, church, don't miss this, the very thing that we are complaining about, the very thing that we're struggling with, the very thing that we're panicking about, could it be that God just wants us to give Him glory? Pastor, you don't understand. I'm going through the worst time. Pastor, you don't understand. It's getting dark in here. Pastor, you don't understand. Things are, are, are getting out of control. Hey, could it be that God is going to bring a dawning in your life for His glory? There's purpose behind it. Hey, find a promise. Look at verse 4. That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. That's the promise. We can rest in the promises of God. We can rest in them. Pastor, why are you so encouraged today on January 1st? Why are you so encouraged today? Because His promises fail not. His mercies are new every morning no matter what year it is. Great is the faithfulness of our God. And His mercies have not changed. It's a, it's a new year, but it's the same God. And I can take that to the bank and rest in His promise. But I love verse 16. Look, there's another guy in this story. you got Lazarus. you got Jesus. You got Mary, you got Martha, but here in this one verse, you have a man by the name of Thomas. Then said Thomas, and by the way, Thomas gets a bad rap. I've always tried to defend Thomas a little bit. Thomas, which is called Didymus, Thomas was his Hebrew name, Didymus was his Greek name. Many people in Jewish times would have two names, a Greek name and a, a, of course a Hebrew name, and the Hebrew name would be what they would go by, but the Greeks had a name for him, so his name was Didymus which means twin. And historians say that Thomas looked identical to Jesus, which would cause more fear because he could have easily been mistaken for Jesus and could have easily been killed. But here's what Thomas called Didymus. He said unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Do you see his boldness? Thomas said this, If Jesus is going to die, hey, Let's just go ahead and die with him. Now that's pretty bold. Listen, before you criticize Thomas, there's not many other disciples that said what he said. 
He said, let's just go and let's just get this thing over with because Jesus is going to die. He's going to Judea. They're going to stone him. Let's just stop, die with him. I mean, would we say that? That's, man, that's a pretty bold faith if you ask me. Now, he doubts later, but, but there's some things we must understand about Thomas, and we may get to that at some other point, but Thomas had a plan of action. Let me just say this, that when dusk comes in your life and your dreams seem to be dying, just like Lazarus, don't just sit there. Don't just run from the church or don't just sit there at home. If you're watching today and you're sitting in the molly grubs or you're sucking your thumb or you're pouting a little bit and you're saying, things didn't go well in 2022. Get off your blessed assurance and get where the blessings are happening. Get a plan. Don't just sit there. Take a course of action. Thomas says, I'm willing to die, but I'm going somewhere. Amen. Here's the second thing we ought to do. First thing is what to do when dusk comes, but the second thing is what to do when darkness comes. Oh boy, things don't get any better. Things actually, churchless, things get worse. Lazarus does not get healed from his sickness. Lazarus actually dies. You say, Pastor, this ain't getting any better. What do we do when our dreams have died? What do we do when the Lazarus in our life is died? Let me just say, Lazarus is no longer sick, he's dead. And Mary and Martha prayed and hoped, but their dreams never came true. And now he's dead. What should we do when our dreams are dead? Again, there's some do's and don'ts here, and I find them in the text. Here's one of the don'ts. Don't hold back your tears. Turn with me to verse 33 of John 11. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, notice this, saw her weeping. Who's weeping? Mary's weeping. They loved Lazarus. Her, her dreams did not work out. She had dreamed that her, her brother would get healed. She's crying. And the Jews are also weeping, so there's a big crowd now that are mourning. This happened a lot in the Jewish custom. Crowds would show up and they would weep with those that were mourning. He groaned in his spirit, Jesus, and was troubled, and said, Where have they laid him? And they said unto him, Lord... Come and see. Look at verse 35. Jesus wept. The tears of Jesus. I'll never forget when I was a young 10-year-old boy. Probably. Maybe 11. I don't think I was a teenager yet. I went to a meeting a years ago with my dad and there was a preacher there that preached one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard in my life. You might could still hear it. His, the preacher's name was Craig Edwards. And Craig Edwards preached a message on the tears of Jesus. And even at 11 years old, he just used these three verses. And he preached on weeping. When it's alright to weep. And we can weep because Jesus wept. Oh my goodness, nobody was, I mean, everybody was crying. There, there was no Kleenexes in the boxes after the service. Boy, and we, we had a good time. I remember watching my dad and my mom sit there, and they, they ran out of Kleenexes. They started using their, their Baptist handkerchief, which was their sleeve. And they started, I mean, there was snot everywhere. But listen, every now and we, we have actually been trained in society today. Church, listen to me. We've been trained that it's not okay to weep. Like masculinity. 
Oh, but you cry. That's a sign of weakness. No. Actually, it's a sign of strength. We need men to weep. It's been a long time since I've seen tear stains on an altar weeping over things. Listen. Though we shouldn't live a life of just tears, though there was people that uh, we call the weeping prophet Jeremiah, he weeped for the nation of Israel. And you read the book of Jeremiah, he weeped often for the spiritual state that it's in. There's a time and a season for weeping, yet Jesus wept because he loved Lazarus. It's okay for us to show our emotion when it's a sorrowful time. We need to weep. We need tears again. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of meekness. And that's a strength that we should have. The, Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Several times. The psalmist said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus quoted the psalm, the meek shall inherit the earth. So it gets, it's okay to weep. Don't hold back your tears. Let them flow. It's okay. Uh, a lot of times when you bottle up those tears is when you tend to panic. Let it out. Cry. It's okay. Hey, don't dwell on what might have been. Look at verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Sometimes we dwell on what might have been. Lord, if you would have been here, she says it again, I believe in about verse number uh, 32. She said the same thing at the end of verse 32. Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother had not died. She keeps Looking back saying, Lord, if the circumstances would have just been different, if you would have just been in the place that I wanted you to be, things would have been different. Really? You know what? We'll go crazy if we think about what could have been or what might have been. You will go crazy. Well, if we would have just done this, things would have... How do you know? Are you a prophet? How do you know that the Lord wasn't keeping you from something? How the, well, if I would have just got that job, when I, how do you know that's the job God wanted you to get? If I would have just married that woman, I'd be happy. Well, I might agree with you that now I'm joking. <laughs> what might have been? Often we don't look for purposes. Often we don't call on the Lord. Often we hold back tears or we dwell on what might have been. And listen, look at verse 22. He says this, but I know that even now, I love this prayer, even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. That's what, Martha, that's a great statement by the way. Even now. We need some even now prayers. Even now, Lord, she says in verse 22, Whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Where did she learn that? Well, she'd heard that. She knew that. She'd heard that from Jesus. She knew that Jesus was able to do it. And by the way, some of you sitting in here, that's why it's so important for us to listen. It's important for us to memorize Scripture. It's important for us to pay attention during church. Why? Because one day you're going to need it. There's going to be a dark time that comes in your life and you're going to be sitting there thinking, Oh boy, I'm so thankful that I memorized that scripture. Oh boy, I'm so thankful that I paid attention in church because if I've ever needed a verse, I need it now. She hung on to the promise. 
Hey, listen, we don't need to blame God. They started to blame God in verse 37. And after Jesus wept, some of the Jews said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind, they were referring back to some earlier chapters, have caused that even this man should not have died? So they even looked back and said, Hey, this guy could have prevented this. They began to blame God. Listen, we don't need to blame God during the dark times. No. Man, we need His help. We don't need to get angry at God and bitter at God. There's so many people, and listen, I, I hate it. Those of you maybe or some that's watching, some that's listening, or some that's here this morning, I hate it if you've been hurt in church or hurt in your life or disappointed. I hate it. I, I wish that that would have been changed, but it's not. There's no re- reason for you to look back and, and, and get bitter at God. It's unbelievable how many people that get hurt in church or hurt by something, they run from the church instead of running to God. Oh, if we've ever needed Him, we need Him now. And don't procrastinate whatever you do. And here's the do's, what to do when it's dark. Well, they, we do face some big questions because here's a question that Jesus asked. Look at verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? These are the words of Jesus. What a question. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I am the Messiah? Now here's what she says in verse 27. She said to him, Yea, Lord, this is Martha, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Oh, Martha was saved. She said, I believe you're the Christ. That's why I'm, I, I'm calling on you. I believe. Hey, sometimes those, those dark times cause us to ask Really good questions. And answer really good questions. Look at verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Look at verse 32. She said it again. And when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down on his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. You know what? I, I look at these two verses and I can't help but think about some things that we should do. We should, we should face some big questions, but I believe this. We should be honest with our feelings. At least these two women were able to express their feelings to their friend. You ever thought about that? I mean, they're being honest with God. They're being honest with Jesus. It's okay to ask Jesus questions. It's okay to get down in prayer and talk to God and express your feelings. And sometimes expressing those things is actually healthy for us. Hey, be yourself because in verse 20, and Martha, look at verse 20, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met Him, but Mary sat still. Now listen. They knew Jesus was coming to where they were. But guess what? Martha did not wait. Martha actually said, you know what? I'm going to go meet him when he's coming. My advice to us in the dark times, church, don't miss this, is to do exactly what Martha did. Put some feet on them prayers and go to where you last had them. Don't, don't, 
Well, I'm just going to sit here and wait. Well, I know, be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes when you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is sit there and be still. But Martha said, you know what? Mary, you can be still all you want to. I'm going to put some legs on these prayer and I'm going to where God is. Hey, a good thing in 2023 for you to do today is remember back when you were closest to God. He's not moved. He's not changed. Go back to where you were when you were reading your Bible and praying and walking with Him and go back there and get back in it. Meet Him where you left Him. God's not changed. Hey, if you need Him to come through in a dark time, hey, do something about it. Don't just sit there. Let me say this. Like Mary and Martha, when our dreams are dead, we're prone to ask, could not Jesus who opened the blind man's eyes raise Lazarus? from the dead could this man who healed this blind man's eyes could he have kept my brother alive could he kept him from dying but we like them might also find that we think what is a broken dream just might be an opportunity for a new beginning I want you to look with me in verse 38 of John 11 you've been good listeners Verse 38, the Bible says, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. He describes the grave. He says, it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take away ye the stone, Martha. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. I said earlier, What to do when it's dusk? Then I said, What to do when it's dark? But let me say, and lastly, What to do when it is dawn? When it is dawn. The Lord Jesus still resurrects broken dreams today and turns them into new beginnings. It would behoove us to know what to do in the dawn of a new day when it arrives, a new year like today when it arrives. The dawn brought these things to this little family. In verses 38 through verse 40, it brought light. Jesus there was a uh, the, the stone was in front of the tomb and Lazarus laid in a dark cave. You got to understand this cave was dark. There was no light. There was no windows. Only a doorway. Just much like the tomb that Jesus would have been in. And a stone would have rolled in front of that doorway and a dark cave is where Lazarus's body laid. Jesus stepped in front of that tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth. You say, Pastor, why did he say Lazarus? Because the whole graveyard would have got up. 
He is the life, the resurrection and the life. He brought light to a dark place. He brought life to a dead body, to a broken dream. Lazarus come forth and guess what? Life came back into his body and Lazarus began to breathe again. His heart began to pump blood again. Four days he had laid there and he began to stink. People asked, Pastor, why do you believe Jesus waited all that time? Well, I don't know. I think that the the Jewish custom of that time, that the Jews believed that the soul rested or at least hovered around a dead body for three days. This is what they believed, that a, that a, that a soul hovered a dead body for three days and that it might actually come back to life. Nothing was officially pronounced dead until the third day. Well, Jesus showed up on the fourth day. So it was officially dead. No life. No breath. And by the way, he was dead three days earlier. The sickness had killed him. But Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. What seemed to be a dark time, what seemed to be a broken time, what seemed to be a dismal time and a, and a bad time, Jesus, in just a few words, brought life a troubled soul and I'm not sure about you this morning maybe you need light or maybe you need life you say pastor I'm in a bad dark time well I know one that can speak light and I know one that can speak life but hey verse 44 he brought liberty because the Bible says in verse 44 he was bound hand and foot Hey, listen, it ain't just one thing for him to breathe. He'd still be stuck. Bound. They wrapped him like a mummy. Wrapped him in grave clothes. And they laid him in that, in that, in that grave, in that cave where that dark, dingy, cold, damp place. And he laid there. And as soon as life came into him, yes, he began to breathe. And yes, he began to maybe move, but he was still bound. And notice what Jesus said. Loose him. And let him go. Guess what? He brought liberty. Lazarus was never the same. He was not a dead man in a dark cave anymore. He was a loose man and free to go. And guess what? Once who was a former friend of the Lord, now he had passed away for four days, he's now a continuing friend with the Lord and they could still talk about can you imagine that conversation between Jesus and Lazarus after he was raised from the dead how bad did I stink what did you really think how was my sisters really acting did they treat you too bad they were pretty rough on Jesus there for a little while and we would be too but guess what we have a man a new man Walking around. And by the way, the disease that was in Lazarus's body that caused him to die was no longer there. Them grave clothes that Lazarus was in, they were no longer on him. The, the, the bands that bound his body and kept him flat and kept him... He, they were no longer there. Why? Because Jesus said, loose them and let them go. Listen, some of you are bound. Darkness has bound you. Darkness has bound you by fear. Some of you live in fear. Fear written all over your face. Listen, I cannot promise you and assure you that things in your life's going to get better, but I can take you to the one that can give you peace.
peace in the midst of darkness that can bring dawn in your life. Listen, to the, tr- to the Christian, it don't matter how dark it gets in this world. It don't matter how dark it gets this year. It doesn't matter how economically or politically or even spiritually in some places how it gets dark in your life. There can be the sun shining and you can be walking around in freedom and smiling and singing uh, the joy bells of the Lord and you can have a smile on your face. Why? Because you have met Jesus. I, 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 what an ending to a story. Man, it looked bad there for a while. I'm talking about it started bad, but then it got worse. But man, did it not change. I love to read. I've challenged myself this year. I love to read. love to read books. I love to read novels, and I love to read theology books. This year, I've challenged myself in the area of theology uh, to, in some areas to, to sharpen up and to read more. And, and, but I'll, every now and then to break up the monotony, I will read a novel just to keep it, just change it up. Something. There was a guy years ago that I read after by the name of Jeffrey Archer. Jeffrey Archer wrote a book. I guess his famous book is Cain and Abel. Don't judge me. But uh, if you go read it, you're like, that's pathetic. But I, I, do, I do like the fact that Jeffrey Archer would take a book, a story, and what you would read through that story, it would be a plot. Boy, he had them twisting, and, and, and you'd be into this book, and what you think would be happening at the very end of the book, there would be some type of plot twist, and it would just blow your mind. He does it all the time. He's a master at it. And you leave when you shut the back cover of that book. Here's what you typically say. Why did I not see this the whole time? Because it's so like right in your face. Why did I see this the whole time? I mean, this has been the whole theme of this book. Why am I now just getting it? Many of us can look at our life and say, Man, why didn't I see this the whole time? Why, why, didn't, I, why didn't I see that what God was doing? I should have seen this all along, but we didn't. And Mary and Martha said, Lord, if you... If you'd just been here, Lazarus would not have died. And true, that's true perhaps. I, I, we, we don't know the whole what could have happened or what might have happened. But neither would the Lord Jesus have been able to take a broken dream, a dead dream, and turn it into a new beginning. And he said it, the reason he did it, the way that he did it was for the glory of God. So that others may see it and what? Believe. Matter of fact, at the very end of John, he says the whole reason why, the whole reason why we should, why we should read the book of John and why the whole book of John was written. That others may believe, that you might believe. He gave us that so that we would understand in his gospel why. He did what He did. He showed these signs to the Jews so that they might believe. My friend, can I say this this morning? If you could not answer, I think verse 26, Believest thou these things? Now Martha said, Lord, I believe. I believe that thou art the Christ. But can you say that? Can you say that? The reason Jesus did these things is so that we would believe. Have you believed 